Welcome to Make Your Life Magnificent with coaches Jackie and Mimi, co-founders of The Resting Mind. We're keeping it real with Generation X women talking about the stuff that keeps you up at night. For managing the demands of your career, life, and everything in between, all while dealing with Gen X issues like finances, aging parents, perimenopause, oh, and menopause, ugh, confidence, and anxiety. Even at a young age, we understood how powerful words can be. On the playground, we'd say sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But the truth is, we all felt the impact of hurtful words. What may surprise you is that words you believe to be neutral or innocent aren't. And the language we use on the outside world tends to be much kinder than the language we use on ourselves. In today's episode, we're going to explore why you must choose your words carefully and how what you say can and will directly impact your circumstances. You'll understand why many of the words and phrases you regularly say are not helping you and choose words that can help lessen your anxiety and be happier and more successful. Hey, Mimi. Hey, Jackie. How are you holding up? I am hanging in there. Um, it's been intense. It's been an intense four weeks under lockdown here in New York, um, but we're doing okay. Good. We are, we are too, we're making the most of it. So this is our first podcast that we are doing through Zoom. So I am a little leery because if anybody, especially in higher uh, concentrated areas, they recognize that all of a sudden Wi-Fi has gotten slower. So when you do Zoom videos, there's more freezing. So we want to apologize ahead of time if there are any technical differences between... Yeah what we usually sound like and today. So please- You might hear about. someone's toilet flush. <laughs> yes, you might hear a dog bark. You may yeah, hear- there, you may there hear. might be all sorts of things. So bear with us. We are keeping it real in this episode. So we have to start this week's episode thanking our biggest fans. So we just- And I'm so thrilled about this. <laughs> so this is such right up Mimi's alley, Mimi. Mm. Mimi, Mimi. Allie, I'm going to say that, um, because we are trending, topping the charts in France. It is I, crazy. I'm thrilled because I am a huge Francophile. I love the French culture. I, as a matter of fact, I was supposed to be leaving for Paris in two weeks, Bordeaux in Paris, and that trip, unfortunately, was was pushed back. I'm going in, in the fall, but... Um, yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. I I just love the French. <laughs> when when we so, got the numbers, it was right. Mercy. When we got the numbers, we were so excited. So we want to take a moment to thank all of our French listeners for helping us top your charts. Let your French friends know that we're out there and we're here to make their lives magnificent. And give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It will go a long way to help others find us and keep mm -hmm. us growing on the charts. And that's really exciting. So we are eternally grateful. And what a really wonderful way to start this podcast. I just and want to say, merci beaucoup. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I don't need. That's all I know. Although I'll tell you a French story uh, that I wasn't going to tell, but my mom, if you've asked 
um, about learning something, then you, then my mom has done it. So I've talked about this on podcasts before. She's always trying to learn and she has taken classes to speak French because she thinks it's the most beautiful language it's in the world. Language. And it is a beautiful language. And when she took her French class, apparently the, the, she thought that the, there was a proper name, Viola, <laughs> instead of voila. <laughs> And her French class just started laughing hysterical because she said, and Viola, and they were all like, that's voila. So, um, so a little French, a little that is for everybody. adorable. That <laughs> is adorable. And she did it with, with like, oh, Viola. Like she, just, <laughs> she made Viola, voila, Viola in French. So, um, that's, <laughs> so I, that is, that's, so that's hilarious. I have a friend that, um, that when she was learning about wine, she called it rose wine instead of rose. There you go, rose. Well, so, that's that's funny because my daughter was reading a. Uh, it was I think it was a color on a pencil or something, and she said, "Oh, it's rose." And I was like, "Is there a little, you know, yeah, accent over the e?" And she said, "No." I said, "Then it's just rose." And she's like, "Ugh." Oh, she was disappointed. <laughs> she was so disappointed because everything has to be about rose. It was so yeah. Funny. I swear, Peyton is. John's child, my husband. They yes. are, they are like they're very they're uncannily similar in personality. They are uncannily <laughs> similar in personality. So he's gonna take her Gucci shopping soon. Yeah, but on his will, dime, not ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he will with pleasure. With pleasure. So, you know, it's kind of interesting that we've been talking, we're talking about language, right? And the different ways to to perceive words, I guess, right? Yes. Rosé and Rose and Viola and voila. Yes. And, you know, it kind of fits nicely into what we're talking today, which is the power of language, right? I think we underestimate how, what words we use can really make a difference on, in how we show up in our lives and how life shows up for us. In particular, the words that we use to ourselves, when, you know, that inner voice, that inner, that's usually critical. What does that sound like? What words are we using when we are talking to ourselves? And, and, and nowadays we may be talking to ourselves even more than usual, quite frankly. <laughs> we are talking to ourselves more than usual. But what I find interesting about all of that is the way we speak to ourselves so often is so unkind mm -hmm. that we wouldn't let someone else talk to us that way. So I wonder why Never. we think that it's okay for people to be so unkind about and to themselves. I don't know. I mean, that's an excellent question. You know, I, I remember kind of talking negatively to myself as a young kid. So I don't know when it started. I don't know. I mean, does it, do we pick it up when our friends are taunting us and we start to believe what they tell us, you know? Could be, I really don't know. I, I don't know either. Or if we just create such high expectations for ourselves that we don't give ourselves any room to make mistakes and that might be part of it too i don't know there's lots of ways there's lots of reasons i'm sure on why we do it but it's just not okay no absolutely it's not you know even as a coach i a lot of people a lot of clients will say or i've heard people say that they like you know like that drill sergeant kind of motivation i remember i was training once for triathlon, I took this running class and the guy was like, keep moving. And I was like, I, I hate that kind of motivation. I, I agree. I take a gym class with 
this guy who has an incredible following and he that's what he does he berates you and he has these oh. this group of women who followed him from another gym and he actually demeans them and they keep coming back and it's just so oh, i'm getting a pit well, in my stomach even it's listening so to you say that. awful and i that but I these that. women are okay with it so i don't know it's just not it's just not for me i would love to know how they speak to themselves well, they probably allow things to happen or words. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm going to pretend I'm not going to judge. It just doesn't work for me. Um, but maybe they're you know, hot for him. Is he cute? Is he cute? Uh, no, no, <laughs> uh, no. Okay. But I mean, he's not awful, but I think, I do think to that, to that point, it's funny. You said that I do think that there's an underlying sexual tension, not mm. because he's cute, but I do think it's almost this underculture of flirting with him yeah yeah that's just the feeling i get but i could be i could be totally wrong um yeah so you know why are we doing this today we're doing this this episode because we know the power of language we also know the pitfalls of language and we want to help you become more aware of what you're doing and saying so that you can change and choose different words and also recognize that words, here's the thing I think that's going to be interesting to our listeners today is words that they didn't realize were detrimental are detrimental. So words that are innocuous can really actually be more harmful than you believe they. So it's not just about saying I'm fat, right? Which is obvious, right? Those are obvious, but there are we're going to not share. obvious that we're fat. Obvious things that you're you're <laughs> right. Those are obvious words that you poorly say about to yourself. ourselves. Yeah, right, right. Or I'm so stupid. Or I can't do anything right. Or whatever those things. Those are obvious. But there are other subtle words that really can change the neural pathways in our brain that we want to talk about and share with you. And so I think you're going to find this very enlightening episode. And what I love about this episode is all of the research that we found about language. And one of the stories and one of the things we want to talk about is there's this, this incredible research about energy. And I want Mimi to really share it because she is the energy guru in our relationship. And when we talked about this research, we both got chills about mm. how powerful the en energy is and the words that we use. So Mimi, why don't you talk a little bit about, please, the research from the Japanese scientist Masaru Emoto and what he had done in his performance of yeah. Science and Water, please. This is just fascinating and incredible. It's, it's really mind-blowing. So, you know, quantum physics proves that all matter and humans are made up of matter, right? So all matter is made up of energy. So the energy that we put out in the world, our thoughts, our emotions, what we say, how we act, has an effect on matter. Um, so this is how we start to show up in the world, how our, you know our life starts to unfold. It's all a direct correlation with the energy that you put behind it. So this Japanese scientist really proves this fact. So he performed this experiment on how words have energy. And this took place in the 1990s. So what he did was he took water that was, that he, that was frozen, right? And so when it, when it is frozen, when water is frozen, it's free from all impurities. 
and it forms really these gorgeous ice crystals that look exactly like snowflakes when you look at them underneath the microscope, right? So water that's polluted though, or has additives like fluoride, like most of our drinking water has fluoride, it's going to form without, without these crystals. What he does is he pours this pure water into vials, right? So now there's two, there are two vials. He pours pure water into each vial. If you're thinking what you say doesn't have any relationship to matter or energy or the way you show up, then the research, the experiment would show that both vials have these beautiful crystals at the end of it, but that's not what happened. So what he does is he puts them into these containers and he put these, he wrote um, a note, like a sticker on one vial and the vial, it said, I hate you or fear, like real negative stuff. And he, he sang this to the vial of pure water and then he freezes it. And after 24 hours, the one where he had spoken to it and said, I hate you and, you know, used words like fear and used language that was negative, it did not show any of these beautiful crystals. No, in fact, so, it yielded like this gray... Yeah, gray misshapen clumps mm -hmm. in the water. So it not only did it not form the crystals, but it actually had the adverse effect by by giving and and creating these this grayish water and tint to the to the ice, which was it's just insane. incredible. Now on the flip side, the other vial of water, he had labeled it with things that said "I love you," peace, positive, uplifting energy. And guess what? After twenty four hours that vial had gor these gorgeous crystals. So, I mean, this is, it's just fascinating to think that words have this kind of impact, but again, it's all energy. It and is this all really energy. just goes to prove can happen with water. Imagine the impact that it could have on yourself and, or your and, life. Right, and, and the reason why he used water, which is also fascinating, is because sound travels through water four times faster than any other matter. So by saying those words and by, by speaking those negative or positive words, it's traveling faster, so the impact is even greater. To me, when I saw this, I, I had chills up and down my spine because we talk so much about the power of energy, understanding your brain, clarifying everything so that you can live a magnificent life. And this is just another layer to prove that this is so powerful that you have an opportunity to create a more magnificent life by changing the way your energy. You talk to your, yeah. Yeah. And that starts with the way you speak to, to yourself. Now, the thing is, you're probably saying these words over and over and over again. And so what's happened is it has impacted your subconscious mind. And that's what Jackie and I call the resting mind. And don't forget, we've talked about this before. Your subconscious mind is running almost a hundred percent of your, of your day, 95% of your day on a good day. On a so, good day, on a good mm -hmm. day. So if, if you're setting yourself up to have, these, uh, to have these negative words or these negative phrases or these negative beliefs, when your brain takes over, when your mind takes over and your subconscious takes over, that's what you're going to pull from. So we need to be really careful about how we show up in the world. And we want to be here to help you kind of navigate that. And that's why, why we do everything that we do. Let's kind of talk a little bit about the words that we use that are really harming us. Because I think you're going to be surprised 
surprised. He's going to be very surprised. Phrases. The first one is really that we want to share with you is just something that's simple as I should or I shouldn't. These are words that we use so often when we are dealing with our life. And a lot of times we use it because we think that we are helping ourselves. So let me give you an example. If you are nervous about flying, a good example, right? If you're nervous about flying, you might go to get on a plane and you tell yourself, I shouldn't be afraid to fly. And you think, okay, I'm helping myself by saying, I shouldn't be afraid to fly. However, when you use the language should or shouldn't, our bodies actually respond with more stress and anxiety because we're putting so much more pressure on ourselves during those moments. So we can't we can't change our feelings of worry. We end up beating ourselves up and then we feel like a failure because by saying, I shouldn't be afraid to fly, you're still afraid to fly. So you right. not only beating yourself up, but then when you're not less afraid, you're beating yourself up again, right? <laughs> so, so what do you do, right? How do you get out of that pattern? It's like a vicious circle. It's a vicious circle. So when you think about things that are that you would prefer not to do, like I would prefer not to be afraid to fly or I prefer not to have anxiety. I shouldn't be anxious. I shouldn't be so worried about the coronavirus, right? With everything we put, I shouldn't Ooh, be worried that's a about COVID-19. Well, why shouldn't you be worried about COVID-19, right? The, you're putting pressure on yourself to feel a certain way. So instead of saying I should or shouldn't try, you know, I'm going to do my best to lessen my fear of flying. I, it's normal to get nervous about what's happening in the world today, right? But I'm going to do everything I can to stay safe. Doesn't that feel so much better than telling yourself? Right. So empowering. And it lessens the amplification on the problem. And that's what we want to do. That's what we want to practice. There is so much pressure on ourselves that we put, especially as Gen X ladies, about expectations right? This is, yeah. this is what we do. It is why we are, it's why our podcast and our business exists because Gen X women live with unrealistic expectations, period. And More this is so a perfect example of it. This is a perfect example of it. So if we keep adding to that by saying, I should, I shouldn't, we're just going to end up being a nervous wreck generation. And we already have a lot of anxiety. We're already doing a lot of self-medicating how do we lessen that? We need to be kinder to ourselves. So let's get rid of I should and shouldn't and try and say to ourselves, I'm going to do my best. How can I look at this differently? It's normal to feel normal that I feel this way. Right. And so what I want to do is maybe not get so anxious about it. Maybe lessen my anxiety, maybe recognize that I'm nervous about COVID. Here's what I can do in order to feel a little bit more in control, right? Things like that. I think that is really, I really think it's going to be an eye opener for a lot of us. I hear, I know myself even, I say I should, I shouldn't, that kind of thing. So I really, I'm curious. It's almost like I almost want to challenge people, see if they can catch how many times a day. They say this. Great challenge. So great. Let's let, we should absolutely challenge. We should. (laughs) We're challenging you. Come on over. If you're not already a member of our Facebook community, Just Gen X, The Resting Mind, then come on over. Let us know how many times you have. Oh, 
there's the real life. There's How Ruth. many times <laughs> you have realized and said, I should or I shouldn't around something? The yeah. should, shouldn't challenge. The should, shouldn't challenge. I'm going to make a note of that so we can add it to the show notes. All right. So the next one is I can't. How many times have we said to, you know, our children or I, you know, I don't have kids, but I remember my nephew used to always do this. I can't do whatever. And we'd say, come on, Scotty. Yes, you can. You know? Um, so we say this to your kids all the time. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And yet how many times a day do we say, I can't do whatever, or I'm not good at, you know, X, Y, Z. We really limit ourselves in tremendous ways when we use the words, I can't. But you, go ahead. No, we do. And I, I think, well, I, yes, because I was thinking about it even from a, a fitness perspective. Because how often have you or someone you know, they've been running or they're in a class and, they're, and you think to yourself, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. And mm. working out yeah. is the perfect example of mental fortitude. If you push yourself mentally, how you can. And if you tell yourself you can't, your mental state starts to, right? It starts to believe that. Meanwhile, if you say that, you could have gone an extra mile. So instead instead of saying that, say, I can do this. And even if you feel like worried, if you can complete something or finish it up, Say, I can at least do this, right? So just by shifting it from, I can't go another week being locked down, right? That another example, because we're we're in today's world, but I can't go another week being locked down. What you can say to yourself is, I can go four days. Because anything for four days, anybody could do anything for four days. So how do you break down that big chunk of what you can't, right? We know we are recording in transparency, we're recording today, which is April 7th, okay? We know here in New York that we are locked down until April 30th, April 29th, definitively locked down. So if you look at it that way, you can easily say, right, Mimi? I can't make it to April 30th without going to a grocery store, without without seeing my friends. But if you- Well, I remember- 8%, sorry, let me just finish that. 8%, yeah. Break it into that 8%, that we always talk about and you say, I can do this for four more days. Then all of a sudden, when you get to those four days, you're going to say, I can Can. do this for four more days. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want to- I'm glad you brought up, Jackie and I always talk about the 8%. That's something that we work with our clients with all the time. We break these big goals into 8%. Doesn't only have to be with goals, right? It can be with challenging things. I can do this for four more days. Like Jackie said, I remember when I was training for a triathlon years ago. Now, if you know me, you know, I love to do yoga. I am not, I'm not an athlete. Usually the only thing I've ever run to is like a sale at Bloomingdale's. I, I don't like to, you know, it's just my thing. But when I, I wanted to accomplish this goal and I remember I would be running and I would be like, come on. I would tell myself, I have to say, I was very good to myself. I would say, come on, you could do it. You know, just a few more steps, just a few more steps. And that's how I got, and I got myself, I was not the fastest. I was not the first. I was probably one of the last, but I finished a triathlon that's by doing that. Fantastic. I love that because you knew that it wasn't your makeup, but you knew that you could, no. if you had the right mindset and yeah, it, it was funny. sure. It was pure will and 
just a little bit more, just a little bit more. I didn't have to be the fastest. I didn't have to be perfect. Yeah. I just had to keep moving a little bit. And, and that's how you, I did it. Yeah. And if you Two really want something, you can mentally prepare yourself to do it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the other thing too. When you, when you say I can't, a lot of times it's not that you can't, it's that you don't want to. And that's right. a very different thing, right? So if you don't want to, then you're not going to be able to. So you need to also recognize what, and remember what is your absolute why? We've talked about this also, but what is your absolute why? If you realize that my absolute why to getting, being, you know, being shelter in place until April 30th is because I want to make sure that I protect myself and my family. That's my absolute right. why. And that that's a pretty much, good absolute yeah, why to be able right. to do this. Yeah. Because there it, are it is. people powerful. Who, you know, who have this, you know, who have COVID-19, who either have been tested and have it or haven't been tested and have it. So if you think the numbers are bad, you have no idea. I know too many people who actually have it, but haven't officially been tested because there aren't enough tests and doctors have said, you have it, just do what you have to do unless you can't breathe. So this is a very scary time. And so be kind to yourself in the words that you use so that you can navigate through all of this and feel more opportunity. In control of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it puts it puts you in front of it instead of behind it, if that yeah. makes sense. So another thing that, are, are, do you have anything to add? Jack? No, no, go for okay. it. Okay. Another thing that we say a lot is I am, right? So it's, I'm fat, I'm anxious. I don't know how, you know, I, I am, I'm not good at this, that kind of thing. I'm tired. These, you know, they become descriptors of who we are. And then we, we really, really believe it. Now, what about, you know, if you are overweight, so, or you're anxious, especially right now, you may be feeling very anxious, or maybe you are a little overweight or a lot overweight. How could you reframe this? So that's fine. You could say, sometimes I get anxious. It's not who you are. It's a feeling. It's not who Instead you of, are. Instead of I am anxious. Yes. Right. When you say something like, I can get anxious, that makes it something completely different than making it who you are. You could say something like, you know, I'm fat or I have to lose weight or whatever. Maybe I would like to make better eating choices. I would like to take better care of my body. Be kinder to to ourselves. And sometimes I feel like the anxious one really gets to me because it not only becomes a descriptor, but for so many people, it becomes, um, how do we explain this? But becomes almost an allowance. I'm allowed to feel this way because I am anxious. So I am, it's just a fact. We have taken a feeling and created it as a fact. Now, there are people who have generalized anxiety disorder or anxiety, and I understand that. However, if you said, I feel anxious today, or sometimes I get anxious, that lowers that energy level. And it is no longer who you are, right. but an emotion or a feeling that you might have. So it's no longer attached to your persona. It is not a trait. It's not a skill. It's not a strength. It's not a weakness. It's just a feeling. And feelings, right. can, we can neutralize our feelings. And it's really powerful that we do that. I need to- Especially I need now. To, I, I need to tell you, I am so, the anxious one really gets to me because it, it, it gives us permission to hold on to it. And I don't think anybody really wants to hold on to it. It's just that they are 
so used to it and they're used to it being part of who they are and their description. Right. And I think that, you know, going back to what we started saying in the beginning of this episode, I think people don't realize there's another choice. There is another choice. And just by using and changing the way you say it and describe it could, will lower that, right? So if you're adding these heavy words, then it becomes the energy changes, the weight becomes heavier. So we want to do everything we can to make the words and these emotions that we're feeling lighter. That's what we do in every, you know, our episodes That's about naming goal. and renaming emotions, our episodes on, you know, the six second rule, how do we make something lighter so that we can navigate it a little bit better? Yes. And especially for Gen X women. Yes. Especially We're navigating so much. It's really yeah. the key. All right. This next one, everyone, oh. you, no one's going to be surprised by this one. No, and this it, is it, not a surprising one. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you know what I'm talking? about it's not about like you know you accidentally step on someone's foot and you say oh i'm sorry excuse me i'm talking about how everything becomes like your problem like someone bumps into you and then you say oh i'm sorry yes yes and according to research what what as soon as you say i'm sorry you, it immediately actually diminishes your character and makes people think less of you so you know if you want to be considered strong you can't apologize for things that you haven't done wrong. I have, so my cousin's wife is an apologizer. And what, no matter what we say, she's always like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just part of her vocabulary. And we yell at her all the time. She is honestly the sweetest, kindest, gentlest woman, smart teacher, a great qualities. And yet she always says she's sorry. She's apologizing, and then, yeah. Excuse me. And then when I say, stop Jack saying I'm trying. sorry. I'm getting Real so excited. Right. I said, and when I say to her, don't, don't stop saying I'm sorry, she says, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. And she apologizes. Says again. She it's can't really, get out of way. so cute. But but you need to recognize that if you are someone who says I'm sorry all the time to 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 stop yourself short, which is why it's so important to go from subconscious to conscious and be taking those six seconds before we respond, respond or react, right? right? Exactly. This one, the I'm sorry one is really embedded in the subconscious of so many people. So many people. And, and so what do you say instead? instead? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you say nothing. You did nothing wrong. You, you don't need to apologize. You don't need to say something. And I think part of the, I think part of the reason why I'm sorry, it's, it's a filler like, um, it's a filler like, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a filler when people don't know what to say. And everyone needs to feel more comfortable in silence. Yes, I'm being silent on purpose. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this one is really specific for Gen X ladies because we feel like we've got to do everything all the time. So this one is, I need to, I have to. Oh, I know. I need to drive my kids to practice. I need to go grocery shopping. I need to write this report. I've got to tell you, even in this, this time, especially where we're home, it's like I'm working. I, we have two, I have two businesses. We each have two businesses, this business, and we each have our own individual ones. Both of our businesses are pretty much online. So we are busy. Jackie and I are really, really busy right now. And on top of that, I feel like now I'm like, okay, now I've got to like make sure that I am cooking all the time. So there's food 
in the house. And while that, I'm going to brush up on some American history. No, why am I, I don't have time for this. Like, I know, I know. I, know. I have to, I have to make the most of this time, but I am by doing all this other stuff. It's like, I don't have to become a genius on world history now. It's just not the time. Right. And so, and the world is so needy of us by adding to that, that language of, I need to, I need to, I need to. You don't need to drive your kids to prayer. Or have to. Here's another actual- You want to, right? I want to, yeah. You want, you really want to. So just by changing that language to, from I need to drive them to really, I want to drive them to practice because I enjoy that they have this, this wonderful thing that they're passionate about. Is it annoying? Yes. Is it difficult to fit it all in? Yes. But it's what you want to. And if you started thinking of- your list is what you need to and what you want to and started cutting it down. You want to do, you want to cook for your family so they eat healthy. I want to do laundry so that we're not living in dirty clothes. Now that changes everything because it also doesn't, it doesn't mean you have, you need to do it now, but I want to do it. And I want to do it at a time that might be more apropos for where I am in my day. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you ownership of, of what you're doing. Yes. I choose to do something, right? It's your I choose to do choice. It's your choice. And I choose to rest or I choose to take care of myself or, you know. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you said that because I, we weren't going to talk about this and it doesn't really go with language. But if, if our listeners are listening in the couple weeks when this is going to go live and COVID-19 will still be going on. I want to, I, I want to address this. We as Gen X women had enough crap on our plate. And so we have just added homeschooling for mm-hmm. those who have school age children. We've just added running a 24 hour diner, right. running a dishwashing service. I, I have to tell you, it's an ongoing joke with my friends and, on how much mm-hmm. they're doing the dishes. What I want to want people to recognize is- And may I point something else yes. out? And worrying about our parents and probably doing things like grocery shopping for our parents. I know I am. It's yes, like I'm going too. food shopping for my mom and dad who live about 40 minutes from me, half hour, 40 minutes, dropping it in front of their door and then heading home, yes. you know? So. Right. And the, yeah, on top of that too, what I'm hearing is that women are working longer hours at work to to make sure that their company knows that they are worthy so they are working longer to because they need pressure they were what's happening what's happening is we weren't taking care of ourselves before and now we're really not taking care of ourselves and ladies i have to tell you when we get on the phone with a client to do a discovery call the cost of entry is never the financial investment it is, is so fascinating. The financial investment, right, Mimi? It is always yeah. the time. People saying, I, I'm going to commit this time. How sad is that, that we aren't able to commit time for personal development so that we can get out of our own way, be more successful in our careers, be happy in our lives, have stronger marriages, raise better children, be- right? Yeah. Have better control of our finances, whatever they need work on. How dare that be the, the answer? So I, ladies, you, you got to stop making excuses. You have to decide that now is the time that I am going to choose me. Because honestly, you're not choosing me. You're choosing your finances. You're choosing your health. You're choosing your career. You're choosing your kids and relationships. Because 
only if you change what you're doing today will your tomorrow look different. Yeah, I want to clap. <laughs> That's, I, I couldn't agree more. Now, I want to ask you, Jackie, we talked a little bit about words and their impact on energy before when we talked about that water experiment, the pure yes. water experiment. Can you talk a little bit about how words can change your brain? Oh, absolutely. The science geek. I, every time I do come up with an episode, um, I always do a lot of research and I found all of this research even more fascinating because I learned much more layers of stuff than I knew. So I, I, this like, I'm, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Um, there's a book called Words Can Change Your Brain. And they, in it, they talk about a single word has the power to influence the expression of genes that regulate physical and emotional stress. So words like peace and love and joy and happiness can actually alter the expression of genes and strengthen the areas in our frontal lobes and promote our brain's cognitive functioning. So they propel the motivational centers of the brain into action. And then that builds resiliency. Now, what do we need right now more than every, anything is to be resilient, right? The economy yes, sure. has shifted and changed. There are as of last week, 6 million Americans have filed for unemployment. If I think this you, is the highest ever. The I mean, highest it's just, ever. If you need to be so resilient, upsetting. you need to be able to have a strength of mind. And by, having, by choosing words and words of love and words of affirmation, you can strengthen your mind in different ways. Conversely, if you use hostile language, it can actually disrupt the specific genes at play and it can create neurochemicals that, that um, actually increase stress and then lessen the ones that protect us from stress. So we've talked about this in past that the cortisol that we produce in our brains, if we do it short term, it can actually propel us to do something good. But long term, it can, it can impact our genes and actually impact our physical health. So we need to protect ourselves so that we can create a stronger immune system now more than ever. Every day, you need to start practicing. That's why gratitude journals are so important. Nobody talks about the science of them, but those positive affirmations actually changes your brain. So you need to use words of love and support and peace and um, contentment and appreciation and gratitude. And that's why it's so important, even in times like this, to stop complaining about what isn't working, right? Stop complaining that even that you lost your job, right? And start talking about, I get to spend this extra time with my family. I get this gift of, of um, having and finding time to reflect on myself. What are we doing in order to propel ourselves and talking about that? Especially in times like now, you know, it's Especially more important like than that. ever to almost like make it your job. And I, not that I'm saying add another thing to, I, I know I'm, it sounds like right. I'm saying now add this to your to-do list, but you want to take this stuff seriously is what right. I'm trying to get at. We need to. And, that, and, you know, because one negative word impacts our amygdala, that, which is the fear center of our brain in such a stress producing way that it's, we deserve to be kinder to ourselves. You deserve that. If somebody told you constantly that you were stupid, that you were incapable, that, anything you wouldn't allow it so just 
just be kinder to yourself, please. That's, that's yeah. what we ask today. <laughs> and absolutely. And one other thing that we want to just touch on, you, you have heard us talk a lot about recognizing what's fiction and, and what's not, fa- you know, what's fact, fact and fiction. Right. We talk about this a lot. So it's so important. We want to just mention it again, that we need to really, really challenge ourselves and, and ask you to examine the evidence. So you know, here's an example. I'm going to give you a very personal example. And this is especially true now. And maybe a lot of you are feeling this way too. I tend to be a real a nervous Nelly about not having enough money. It's always my default. So I can easily believe and say things like, oh, I wish I could do that. Or, you know, uh, it would be nice if I had the money, that kind of thing. But when I really think about it, it's like, I have the money. It's like where I choose, you know, to spend it or do with it or that kind of thing. The other thing is, even when things have been tight, I know that it always, like somehow it always just falls into my lap. Like, you know, even if I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I feel like I'm on a crash course with right. not being able to pay something, I've been able to do it. So this is something that, you know, I'm really testing myself right now to make sure that I am not telling, I'm really being careful with the language I use around that that fictional story that I've had with myself for a long time. And I would imagine a lot of people listening to this may feel the same way right now. So I am I'm really sure a lot of people you yeah. to, you know, be like, okay, wait a second. I have enough to cover this bill. I, I can do this to bring in money, like that kind of a thing, right? If anyone's feeling that way, really be careful with the stories that you're telling yourself and the language that you're using. Make sure that they're really truly based on fact and not fiction. And yes. it may be hard for you to tell the difference. It may be hard, but I think, yeah. I, but so let's talk a little bit about that. So mm-hmm. the fact is, the fact is I did not pay my, I could not pay my bills this month. That might be a fact, right? That is a fact, right? right? But if you are worried about paying your bills, but every month you're able to pay your bills, then you're just worrying about paying your bills versus not being able to pay your bills, right? So that's a different story. The other thing is if you are, um, if your facts about money are that I am, I am, I'm not going to be able to find a job, right? Mm. There's no fact in that. Actually, there are lots of organizations that are hiring. So just that alone can deter and, and, change your ability to get a job. So we need to be really careful about the language that we use around those, those things, especially money and, and job hunting. And the fact is I'm out of a job. That's the only fact. There's no other fact besides that. Right. Yeah. That's exactly it. And yes, emotions are going to come up with that, but this is really a great opportunity to really examine everything that's coming up and the things that you're thinking and things, the way you're talking about it. Right. And if, if you are out of a job and you are struggling, then go back to our episode from two weeks ago, which is the brand of you and listen to that and download the book because that will give you an opportunity to kind of spend some time thinking about who you are as a brand, not just your skills, because listing your skills means nothing. And people have gone about their job search and and defining who they are by listing their skills and their strengths. And that is completely out of context for anything. So take some time to do that. You have a little extra time or at least 
give yourself permission to have this time to go through this process because it's a beautiful one that can really help you. It could really help. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes so people have easy access to it. It's, right. really, it's good. It's powerful. It is All powerful. Right. So before we wrap up, let's leave you with three ways to change the way you speak about yourself. The first is increase awareness around these words. And we, we were talking about, we're going to have the, you know, the should I shouldn't challenge. Really be aware of how many times you use these words and the narrative that you tend to default to um, in your mind, which may be on overdrive right now. So the other thing too is go on a diet. Now, <laughs> I'm not I saying this because we've all been locked in and probably eating more than usual. <laughs> no, we're saying going on a negativity right. diet. Right, exactly. Let's be clear. We are going on a negativity diet. So once you become aware, I want you to recognize any time that you want to say something negative about yourself, you need to cut it out, right? You need to use your healthy words and healthy word choices. Hello, Lindy. Marisa just pulled Lindy up on our, on our video. Lindy's, Lindy's my Maltese terrier, and he's telling me it's time to wrap up because it's, he wants a snack. There you go. Well, <laughs> well I'll, I'll make you laugh while we were recording before. My daughter went on a long walk with my husband and our lab, and she didn't take Ruth, which is her baby. And Ruth was running around. She got upset. She's been crying and, and whimpering this whole time. So she just gave back about five minutes ago. And thankfully, because now Ruth is happy. <laughs> Couldn't get her to calm down. It was very cute. Oh, Ruthie. All right. So go, on, so go on a negativity diet. And then the next yes. one is be kind. Be, be kind to be your kind. inner child. Like you, you would never talk to your friends. You wouldn't even talk to strangers. You know, you would never talk, talk to your to kids yourself. this way. Like, don't talk to yourself this way. Choose your words carefully. Oh, Lindy just sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So don't throw language around without care for how or where they land. That's what we're going to leave you with. Yes. So we are so thankful that you were here. Hopefully this, uh, this episode not only landed correctly for you, but that the technology of it sounds okay. Cause this is all Jackie's new. very nervous about it. I I'm more, I'm not I, nervous I think, about it. I yeah, just, no, I just no. want the experience to be amazing for you guys still. And that's really where this yes. comes from is yes. we are, if nothing else, Mimi and I are all about experiences for our clients, yes. experiences for our listeners so that we can Wait feel lovely we want, when we're all yeah, done. Yeah. And we want to take care of you guys. Yes. So we are thrilled to be with you again this week. If you like this episode and um, want to share it, can you take a snapshot? If you know friends that use a lot of negative language, take a snapshot of this episode, share it, get, leave a review and help your Gen X friends become more magnificent. So until next week, Cheers. Cheers to your, to magnificence. your magnificence. If you like this episode, leave us a review. It'll help other Gen X women find us so they can make their life magnificent.